Praise God. Well, we started a series several weeks ago, um, and then there's, of course, we were gone, and then there was, uh, covered some other stuff since, but a series called By Grace Through Faith, so we're going to pick up on that this morning. Go ahead and look at Ephesians 2, verse 1. Ephesians 2, verse 1. <clears throat> Verse 1 says, And you he made alive, who were dead in trespasses and sins, in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lusts of the flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, just as the others. But God, who is rich in mercy... Because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Did you know you were seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus? You said, I'm seated in the seat right here. That's your body is seated right here. But spiritually, your spirit's here, but positionally, you are seated with Jesus. Positionally, we are seated with Him in heavenly places. That in ages to come, He might show the exceeding riches of His grace and His kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Verse 8 says, For by grace you have been saved through faith. For by grace you have been saved through faith. I mentioned this a couple weeks ago, but I mentioned this again. When we were at Rame, I, I don't remember what class it was. I can't remember. But I do remember this. It might have been Ephesians. But anyway, there was a a test we had. And he emphasized, the the instructor emphasized this verse. But on the, the, on the, um, I mean, at one point he emphasized it and and made some comments about it. And then at one point on the, the test, it had blanks here. And it said, for by blank you have been saved through blank. And then the answers were like multiple choice or whatever. And if you weren't paying, I mean, if you've looked at it, and you know it, that's one thing. But if it's just kind of surface, and you haven't ever really thought about it, people were like, which one is it? Because they're both good. And I uh, got a lot of people on that. I don't remember if I got it right or not at that point, honestly. Just being honest. For by grace, I know it now. That's the important thing. That's what a test is for. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is important because it is by grace you have been saved, but it's through faith. So by grace, the way you're saved, the, the, not the way, that's the wrong way to say it, but the, the, 
the, the possibility of even be, being saved is because of the grace of God. That's the only reason you have the, remote, the, the possibility of even being, being saved. It's because of what God has done by His grace. So it's by grace you have been saved, but it's not in a vacuum. So you've been saved, but it didn't just happen because, you know, well, God loves everybody and His grace is sufficient, and so everybody's saved. That's not true. And people have gotten off. They, I think in a one person right now, don't know him personally, just know of him. I uh, had a really big church. Influential. They named him people that were, um, you might know that person, but you might know people that were associated that were in his church. Got off and started going down the pathway that, well, God loves everybody and he loves everybody so much that everybody will be saved. Because if you go and you think it's just all him, eventually you have to end up, if God is love and he loves everybody and it's all up to him, you're going to end up at the place, well then, everybody's saved. If it's up to him, who is he going to throw out? If his love's infinite. But see, it's not all up to him. So this man, very influential, started going down and just... Everything went to nothing. And people will go this way and say, well, it's just all up to God. Then everybody will be saved, healed, as prosperous as they can be. There's going to be no, I mean, you just, you can stop real quick. There will be no relationship issues if it's all up to God. You know that's not true. So just stop right there, it blows up the whole thing. If it's all up to him, then he's got a lot of relationships in a mess. And everything else in a mess. Somebody, you know, Brother Hagin talks about, he was reading, it was like in Reader's Digest or some, some secular, um, I don't know, magazine or whatever, but he's reading, and this guy who was not a Christian was saying, I can't remember if he was an agnostic, he, was, he, wasn't, he wasn't a Christian, and he was like, there may be a God, but he was like, if, if, if there's a God, and he is in control of everything, he sure has this thing in a mess. And Brother Hagin said, that guy had more sense than a lot of Christians. Because he's looking around going, war, famine, and this is back, I don't know, 30s, 40s. You know, you look at the, the war and everything. It's like, if God is doing all this, he's really messing up. Well, the truth is, he's not doing everything. There, there's a devil. Some people act like there's not a devil. It's God that does everything bad. There's a devil. There's people that don't obey God. We live in a fallen world. We deal with the curse in this world. We're not cursed, but we deal with the, the effects of the curse. So, God's grace is not what determines everything in our life or the world. God's grace makes it possible for us to have, to be saved, to have all the things he's provided. In other words, his grace is what supplies all the good things that he has for us. It's by his grace, but us getting him in our life comes by faith. So it says, it's by grace you have been saved. How? Through faith. In other words, faith is the conduit. All this stuff can be here, and it is. In fact, God has paid the price through Jesus, for the whole world. 
you know, in, in Corinthians, it says, we, we have, he has paid the price and we are ambassadors to let people know, be reconciled to God, but people aren't automatically reconciled to God. He's paid for everybody, but it doesn't happen automatically. Otherwise, everybody would just be saved and we get out of here and be done. That'd be awesome. How about you? Would you like to be in heaven this afternoon? I'm not talking, I'm talking about G not dying. If Jesus just came back and we're there and it's it and whoo, well, that was sh way shorter than I thought it was going to be. We're out of here. Woo, party. We're here this afternoon. That would be awesome. But I'm telling you, I don't think that's going to happen this afternoon. I don't have a witness that it's going to happen. But it would be awesome if we got out of here. Yeah, but there, on the other hand, there'd be a lot of people that don't know him. And it'd be very sad for them. That's the reason we're here. If you want to know why are we still here, it's because God's plan has not been wrapped up yet. So we're still here. And we're going to be here until this thing wraps up, until everybody that's going to come in has come in. Then it's going to get really bad. And there will be people that come in after that, but you don't want to be here. You can see the infrastructure is already in place. In the wrong hands, guys, everybody knows, there's the whole infrastructure. Computer, communications, everything, it's all there. But we don't have to worry about it because we are children of God. But it says, by grace you have been saved through faith. So anything he has provided by his grace, we receive by faith. We believe him and act on it. And that's how you get saved. That's how you receive from God. Let's look at um, verse 8 in the Amplified Classic. For, for it is by free grace, God's unmerited favor, that you are saved, delivered from judgment, and made partakers of Christ's salvation through, notice it says, brackets, your faith. Salvation is not of yourselves, not of your own doing. It came not through your own striving. It is a gift of God. In the New Living Translation... It says, God saved you by His grace when you, what? Believe. When you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. So here it says, God saved you by His grace when? I mean, here it says it that way, but the, 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 the um, sacrifice was already made. You became saved when? When just God decided. No, it's when we decided. It's when we acted. When you believed. See, there was an instant. The potential is there, but when it became actuality is when a poll was made on it. When a demand was placed on what was already there. Now, as we get into this, this is so vital to understand. 
Because in this day and age, there's so many people that, well, a lot of people, like Brother Hagen always used to say, you get in two ditches, on one side of the road or there. You know what I'm talking about with the ditch. You're going down the road. We, we saw the ditches with the country that we just came from. There are ditches everywhere. But you know, you're going down to Lancaster County, you will go around horse and buggies. They are there all the time, clip-clop, clip-clop. You know, you hear them in the night. There's no there's sounds, and then you hear somebody's out in their horse and bucky. You go up, and you got to go around it. But on each side, there's a ditch, you know, the road curved a little, pitched a little bit, and then there's a ditch on either side of the road. And people will get in one ditch or the other. In this case, people will make it all, you, you have to do everything. If you get out of line one little bit, that's it. It is all up to you. Now, they call that faith, but that's just, it's, it's complete, basically, what religions do, and you have to save yourself. You got it. It's all, it's all you. But on the other hand, and you see a ton of this in this day and age, in the past decade, it's been rampant, is that it's all God. I mean, there's people that believe it's all God all the time, have for, for a long time, but then there's this emphasis that it's just whatever God says, and it's all His grace, and it doesn't matter what you do. And that's just not true. And you, did, you know this intuitively. If, you just, if we just think about it, it cannot be everything up to Him. It's like no matter what you do, you're going to end up in the same place. That's just not even logical. You could tell that to an elementary school kid. Well, you know, if I go this way, I'm going to end up there. Well, eventually, if you've got a plane and a boat, and you can go around the world, because we do live in a globe, but a, a sphere. But no, you, you, don't, you don't do all these other things to go this way and do that and that and that, but I'll always end up here. It doesn't matter what I do, I'm going to end up here. That's, that's not the Bible. And if we think like, see, it's crept into the church so much that people believe Whatever I do, it doesn't matter because it's really up to God anyway, and it, His grace will just take care of it. Now, what we, we need to understand how this works, because it, if we don't, it's going, we're going to get to the place. If it's all Him, where something doesn't happen in our lives, and we're going to think, God didn't do it. Well, where does that end up? You're going to be mad at God. Because it's not you. God did not show up. He didn't do what he said he would do. Just think about that statement for a minute. God didn't do what he said he was going to do. Well, we're all in big trouble if that's the case. But that's where it ends up. Is that we, people get mad. They, they, see, it will end up there. Regardless, if this is what we believe, you can't avoid it. Because if it's all God, then, and you don't have anything to do with it, then whatever happens, whatever doesn't happen, it's God. Well, that's a problem. But it also is going to hinder us going and doing what God's plan is for us. Because if we're just thinking it's all Him then we're not going to act and do what he's asked us to do because we're waiting on him. But you can't, you can't delegate to him what he has already delegated to you. You can't say, well, it's him when it's already you. We can't do that. But we need to understand how the process works, and I don't pretend to know everything about it. I just, we, can, we can look at the Word of God and, and take from the Word of God truth. But notice a few 
these, these verses, I want to look at the, the NLT and then go back to the Amplified Classic. It says, God saved you by His grace when you believed. He saved you by His grace when you believed. Now look at the Amplified Classic again. It says, For it is by free grace, God's unmerited favor, that you are saved, delivered from judgment, and made partakers of Christ's salvation. In other words, you, you couldn't deliver yourself. I don't care what we do, jump up and down, running around. We can't deliver ourselves from judgment and, and be made partakers of Christ's salvation if it's all up to us. Doesn't matter. You can't do it. I've mentioned this before. Maybe you know about it. Uh, you know, I, I went on a missions trip to the Philippines in 2005. And uh, every year, we heard about it when we were there. Didn't see it, but heard about it. But this every, just Google it or whatever search engine you use, you'll see it. There are people that allow themselves to be crucified. They don't die. But they allow themselves to be hung on a cross, and then they take them down, and they think they are buying something with God. They think that suffering is making them pure. They do that. Imagine. Jesus already did that. You don't need to do it. And you, you, all you're doing is, now you got scars, now you went through a bunch of pain, but... It didn't help you. It did nothing for you. They think it does. I'm not mocking them. I'm not making fun. It's sad. It's, it's Jesus is the Savior. But we can't do that part. I, it doesn't matter that they tried to, that somebody would get on a cross. Jesus did that part. We can't do it. Cannot. See, religion tries to, to uh, replace that part and say, well, it's you, what you do. And there's religions all over the world that it's basically how much you can please God if he's going to accept you. Christianity is the Savior. God sent his son so that we could be made right through what he did. You can't do it. You can, you know, it's, it's like if, if you're looking at the distance between the moon and the earth, you know, if you're looking from a distance and there's a picture from you know, some satellite or some, some uh, vessel out in space. You can see, you know, you've seen those pictures from the moon's perspective, looking over the moon toward the earth, or vice versa, you can look up in the sky and see how far the earth is. That distance, I don't care what piece of equipment you use on the earth, we do have spacecraft to get there. But I don't care if you go to the highest, the highest place on the planet or the lowest place on the planet, which you wouldn't be able to see the person anyway because they'd probably be in the bottom of the ocean. But Mount Everest, or they're in the bottom of the ocean somewhere, if you go out to the distance where you're looking at the moon and the earth, you can't see either one of them. You could, in other words, you can't see the person on Mount Everest. You cannot see the person the bottom of the sea. There, and from when you zoom out, you see colors on the earth, but you can't, you can't see the distance. You can't tell height. You can't tell if one person is on top of a skyscraper. You, can, you can't see the skyscraper, let alone. Well, it, our righteousness, us doing stuff is like that. You, the gap is, if you're trying to get to the moon, I don't care if you're on Mount Everest or the bottom of the ocean, you have a long way to go to get to the moon. You're not getting there unless you have a special vehicle. In the case of, of us with God, Jesus is the only way. 
He's the only, that, he paid that price. That's grace. He did that. You can't do that. You can be really sincere. You can jump up and down. You can run around. You can have yourself crucified. It's not going to help. You cannot be saved by what you do. See, that part is his part. For it is by free grace, God's unmerited favor, that you are saved, delivered from judgment, made partakers of grace, salvation, through whose faith? It's implied your faith. In other words, somebody next to you can believe God, but it's not going to help you. I mean, they can believe, they can help you believe, but being saved, person has to believe for themselves. So just because God has made something available, see, God made it available. He did what I like to call the heavy lifting. He did the real work. Nobody can do what he did. We can't do it. You can't do it. I can't do it. Holiest person on the planet that you know cannot do it. And if they believe they can do it, they're deceived. But... Just because he did the heavy lifting does not mean it's done. For it to become real in our lives, there has to be another part. We have to believe what he has done. Hallelujah. I'm just going to do this now. I mean, I was trying to get to more stuff. But if I go back here, actually, Guardy, so I don't have to go back there and get a bunch of feedback. Right now, in this system, in this uh, building, always, there is electricity flowing through these walls. There's conduit behind there. And the potential is there for there to be just what you see right now, light. It's light in here. But the potential is always there for that power, for that energy to be there. But go ahead and turn all the lights off, Guardy. So you still have a screen, so it's still sort of light in here. But right now, the electricity stopped flowing because there's no demand on that. But the potential is right there, right now. You could not say, well, there's just no, the lights went out, there's no electricity. Sure there is, there's electricity right there. There's electricity, and there's blue lights up here. There's some red lights back. There's electricity, but, it, but the lights went off. So I don't know, something's wrong. Call the power company. Is that what you would do if the light, right now if you walked in this room and saw this situation right here, was your, was your first reaction call the power company? No, everybody in the room. Anybody, I don't know what age, kids that couldn't reach the light switch know that you turn on the light switch. <laughs> they don't even have to be tall enough, but they know what the problem is at this point. And if you tried to tell them, no, there's, there's no electricity, I, I don't know why there's not, it's not flowing to these lights anymore. The lights are probably broken. Is your first thought the lights are broken? You understand there's something in the middle. <coughs> the switch. Amen. I'm leaving you in the dark for a reason. 
just think about it. We know this intuitively. This is not that hard. I'm not saying that in a mocking tone. I don't pretend to know everything, but this is a fundamental principle. I mean, I, when I say everything, obviously I don't know everything. I don't know everything about faith. But I knew, know what God's Word says, and we have come to a certain place. Just because we walk in and see this situation, we should not be saying, well, you know, the, the lights quit working. And we should not blame the power company. See, if, if you had the mentality that a lot of Christians have, you would start getting mad at the power company because you don't have light in your room right now. Because it's all the power company that makes these lights go on and off. You know that's not true. I go to that, that, that keyboard, that amp, and turn on and off the switch, right? We know that. But if, you, if, we, if we put the same thinking on God and the way things work with Him, we're going to think it's all Him. It's all grace. In other words, it doesn't matter if I turn any switches on, I'm going to have light. That's just not true. Is it? That's not true. We know it. But how quick are we to say, well, this isn't happening. God, what's, what's the problem? You're not doing something. He's already done it. Now, what do we need to do? Tell, help me. If I want to see light here, what do I need to do? Turn on the light. Guardy, turn on the light. Now, go ahead and turn on all of them on. Now, he has three switches. Go ahead, turn one of them off. Just turn one of them off, Gertie. So he can control those. The switch is controlling it. The switch, when we relate to God, is faith. If we try to say it's all His grace, that's like saying this power, see, all the power in this whole building... The way it's wired, you have to go into each room and turn the lights on if you want light there. But you could not say it does not have the electricity. It's there. All the power that God has described and that He's made available to mankind, whatever area that is described in this Word, it's all available right now. Anything you've read that is the Word of God. Anything that we see in the Word of God. All what, what we say in the Acts of the Apostles. That did not just turn on for them. Go ahead and turn the lights on. That just didn't turn on for them. And it's just not here now. It's available now. Today. Right now. Every bit of it. What, what makes the difference? If it flows or not. It's a switch. Now, there, God, there are things that start building. There's different moves, historical, we say, of God. But there's something that's happening. I mean, there are, there are things that God has emphasized over time. But He didn't do that independent of human beings. In our lives, in the church as a whole, there is always be a demand being put on the things of God by people. In our life, he has, he has supplied all, so much that's available, but if we, don't, if we don't make a demand on it, there will be 
No result. Now, I know that's simple. Why make it difficult? The power is available. Praise God. Look at Romans 10, verse 8. That's exciting to me. Does that excite you, or does it make you depressed? I don't know. If we realize that everything that God has for us is available now. You are walking out a plan, hopefully, and our heart should be, we are walking out a plan that God has set before us. And how we're going to access His plan and access the things He has for us is by believing Him. Is by walking in the light of His Word. Before you go to Romans, let's go to Philippians 1, verse 5. Philippians 1, verse 5. You guys okay? Actually, go to verse 6. It says, Being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ, just as it is right for me to think of you all, because I have you in my heart, inasmuch as both in my chains and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel, you are all partakers with me of grace." Verse 6, being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. So it says we're confident that he who began something in us will complete it. But that's not in a vacuum. You know, you, you interpret Scripture in the light of other Scriptures. When we say, see that he, yes, he is going... He who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. We have a part to play with that. He can't just complete something in us apart from us. Amen. Amen. 
if we sit, see, I mean, you could read this and go, sweet. He has begun, that was what we said growing up, I don't know what, sweet. Being confident of this very thing, that he who had begun a good work in us, a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. All right. Go for it, God. Woo, God. I'm just going to sit here and do nothing. Do you think, now be honest, do you think you're going to be in the same place if you sit down spiritually and externally and don't, you basically just say, God, it's up to you. I'm sitting here. Have at it. Do you think you're going to be the same place at the end of your life doing that as if you went after him more purposefully? Are you going to end up in the same place? No. He who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. He's going to work in us. Thank God. But we shouldn't be like, well, God, try it and make it hard. Try to do it, God. Let's see you do it. Work in me. Bible said he's going to work in me. He's going to complete it. Yes, he's going to complete it, but we have something to do. We need to submit. The Bible says in many other places. For us. The Bible says in Romans. For us to yield our body, our mind, transform our, re renew our mind, but yield our body. We do something with our body. Can you put that up real quick? I don't know. I, don't, I know I don't have it on there, but Romans 12, verse 1 and 2. I don't think I have it on there. You can turn there or bring it up. Romans 12, verse 1. It says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. That you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. So wait, go back and look at that. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. Holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Who's the understood subject that you present your bodies? You're doing it, right? Is God doing that? Is he doing it? I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercy of God, that you present your body. Who's doing the, the presenting? We are. Well, why would you do that? Why would you present your body to God? Because you believe something. That's faith. Why would you trust God in your life? I mean, why would you act in a way that shows trust, it's because you believe Him. Why are you here this morning? Because you believe there's a God. Why would you give money? Because you believe God's Word. Now, He, in His grace, is going to help us, and He's made possible for us to grow up. 
He is going to help us grow up. He's going to help us to see the Word. He's going to help us to see what we need to change in our lives. As we look to Him, His grace, His favor will be on our lives, but it's not in a vacuum. If we just sit down and go, well, God, do it. Let's see how, if you can do it. We got to give Him something to work with. And He will multiply. You know, you heard about the Feeding of the 4,000 and 5,000. God needs something. A, a, a million times zero is zero. But if we give Him our will, get, believe Him, He can do amazing things with it. To the degree that we yield to them is what we're going to see. To Him is what we're going to see fruit in our lives. Now, then people will take that. So either some people are over and say, well, it's all up to God. But the moment you start talking about this, and you'll have help in this, the enemy will try to slap you right up against the other wall and go, okay, now it's up to you, pal. You think it's you? And it's all you. Every little, every decision you make is you. You, you do the wrong thing. God's not able to work. And he'll, he'll pin you up against that wall. No, we need to understand God. Notice it even says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, what? By the mercy of God. By the mercies of God. We look to Him to help us do it, but we give Him our will and we give Him uh, the space in our life to work. We give Him access to our lives. And as we do that, He comes in and He's going to help us. Are you kidding me? We, no matter how long you've been walking with God, do you know what we look like compared to Him? I mean, He's been around forever. And we've been around for a little bit of time. He knows so much more than us. No matter how much we think we know or think we know, if you're wise, you realize you don't know anything, but you know some things, but you know that's not a whole lot of what there is to know. But you, you understand that He's helping you. It takes faith to rely on Him and to believe that He's helping us. So it says here, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable God, which is reasonable service. Next verse. Verse 2. You have that? And do not be conformed to the, this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. See, don't be conformed with, to what everybody else is doing. Well, what does it matter? If, if God's going to do it all, what does it matter if I be conformed to the world? Why does that matter? I'll just do what everybody else is doing. I'm going to get to the same place because God loves me. Well, He loves you, but don't fool yourself. Well, it's just the grace of God. He just, are you kidding me? Just look around. People are going 180 degrees away from God's will, running. You're telling me they're going to experience the same thing. I'm not talking about legalistic. I'm talking about just logically. No. That's just not true. Don't be conformed. The Bible says don't be conformed to this world. Well, it doesn't matter. God loves us. He sees it. No, He loves us, but He wants us to look to him so that why? So that we, because he can just say, oh, you're, you're drawing within the lines and that just pleases me. There's no benefit to it. I just like it in the lines. I told you what to do. Just do it. 
Is that the way God is? No. He, he tells us what to do for our benefit. And if we'll give him access into our lives and, uh, and, and uh, look to him, yield to him, he is going to help us get where we need to go. We give him this much, his grace will propel us. His ability kicks in. But you've got to act in faith. And the more we believe, when we, the more understanding we have, the more we're going to trust Him, the more we're going to walk in what He has for us to walk in. We yield to Him. Do not be conformed to this world, but what? <clears throat> be transfor transformed by the renewing of your mind. How are you going to be changed? How it's going on right now. If we've looked at things a certain way, say, well, it's all up to God. We start to change to where we say, wait a minute, God, what would you have me to do? Your word says this. I'm acting on that. Now the power starts to flow in that area. And we're transformed. Why? Because we think different. If you think different, you're going to believe different. If you believe different, you're going to say things different. If you start talking different, your life's going to be different. But if we think, no, no, it's just God, it's just God, you're going to sit here and the switch is over there on the wall and you're not going to turn, you're not going to, you're going to put it up. And you're going to wonder, and in there in the dark, what, what's going on? God, what's going on? God, what's going on? And you start getting mad at God or go ask somebody else why I'm in the dark. And if they think the same thing, it's like, well, I don't know. God hasn't turned the light on. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. But when the light starts coming, the light of God's word, we can say, wait a minute. God, you said this. I'm going to act like this is true. I'm going to say it's true. That's the switch that starts, stuff, that starts his power and his ability to start flowing. Hallelujah. I know this is simple. I know this is simple, but we need to watch it in ourselves because we can become fatalistic where we think, well, I just, you know, I don't know. I'm doing this and I know the word. I mean, I've been around this. I just don't know what's going on, but I don't know. God's timing. There is a time. God, there is a timing of God, but not, not this. You don't sit on your hands and say it's God's timing. And I'm not talking about just it's all up to us too. Well, I'm just going to work until it's God. No, it's being led by the Spirit of God, believing on Him, and then being led to take the steps He will tell us to take. As we take it, we're acting in faith. What does that do? It activates the grace of God and the power of God flowing in our life. You can't make everything happen in your life at the same time. We need to be led by Him, taking the steps He's telling us today, to do today. We know this in life. You can't take steps that are going to apply when you're, you know, in your 50s and 60s, when you're 20. You can take things toward that, but there's certain things you're not going to do till you're there. Is that true? There's things you're gonna, you can't do when you're in grade school that you can do when you're 30. You told the grade school kid, well, you got to do this now. No, you can't do it. Even legally, you can't do it. Go try to jump on the interstate in a car when you're 10. I know a lot of boys, probably some girls would like to do that. But it's not safe, right? Well, I'm just going to do it now. I'm going to get it out of the way. You can't do that. So let's not do it spiritually either. Well, you got to get it done now. No, 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 no. Okay, so back up. Believe the word, but believe the word as it applies to you now. What is God guiding you and leading you to do today? Because he already knows what's coming. Hallelujah. I said he already knows what's coming. He already knows what's coming. He already knows what's coming. Everybody say that. Say it again. 
God already knows what's coming. And he's good. Praise God. So if I do what he tells me to do. No, you don't have to say that part. Sorry. You can unhook there. If I do what he tells me to do, then I'm giving him access to work in my life that will affect the thing 10 years down the line, that will affect the thing 20 years down the line. But if I sit here and go, well, it's just God, then I am going through life, time, and things that could be put in motion as he tells me I'm not doing those. Do you see how he wants to help, he wants to do things, but we don't give him access to do it. But on the other hand, I'm not supposed to jump in and just let's see how much I can do. I'm going to plan it all out and I'm going to figure out exactly what I'm going to do. And this is what it's going to look like when I'm at this age. Good luck with that. You know how many? That's what the world does. The Bible says don't be conformed to the world. That's all they got. Take your inventory. Figure out what you're good at. Go to school. Nothing against going to school. Get the education you need to get for the thing that God has called you to do. Get your education, they get their education, they have counsel, they get, you know, uh, guidance people, and they start stepping out, and they got their five-year, 10-year, 20-year, you're really on the ball. Do you know how many people that are, quote-unquote, really on the ball, and go after it, and they start waking up after a few decades and realize they have been chasing a mirage? And the things they thought they could control and the time they thought they were giving and they were impressing people, they find out, number one, those people are gone. Somebody else came in, don't know you, and you're out. Fifteen years gone. You know how many people do that? So no, it's not all our ability and our planning, and that's the way the world works. We say we don't plan, don't do anything? No. Not saying that. We Look at the Word, and we're led by Him. And so He has all this available to us. How are we going to tap into it? We're going to believe His Word. We're going to be led by the Spirit. And we're going to act in faith as He's leading us at each junction in our life. And we're going to go from victory to victory. And then it's time for this. Well, it wasn't time for that before, but it's time for it now. And God shows you what to do, and you act on it. But we're acting as he's leading us, as he's prompting us, as the word's telling us, and you just keep going up. Glory to God. We can just go higher and higher. Praise God. By his strength, by his help, but we are yielding to him. We're giving them the, him the ability to work in our lives. Praise God.